You're listening to the best morning routine ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the best morning routine ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lunid Adeko. And today I have an honor, I have the privilege of bringing on a special guest, Lorena Tomasini. Lorena is part of a mother-daughter duo, M-A-L-M, Life and Health Insurance Agency, helping individuals, families, and business owners like yourself to be financially prepared for get it, the curveballs that life is going to throw at us at any given minute, right? So they are doing this from the pleasure of their home and they can help remotely, essentially. So it is with joy. We're going to learn a lot more about her process and of course about her morning routine. So with no further ado, Lorena, welcome to the show. Dr. Lunit, thank you so much for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Um, I know you are out in the Miami area, but tell us a bit, a bit more about your journey. Sure. So, yeah, born and raised here in Miami, which, as I was mentioning before, is very odd here. We got so many people coming here. But as far as my journey for, for work, um, it's pretty much all I've done uh, since I was like 19, 20. I, I got my license I did study finance at FIU. That's my degree back there. But during the time I decided, you know, it was going to be something maybe part-time, working with my mom, doing that. And then turns out I really enjoyed helping people and the opportunities that the insurance industry offered. So we used to do face-to-face, meaning that we would go and visit people in their houses or their place of business. And we also opened an office And then around 2016, we decided to just do everything virtually. So that was a big change for us. And I think we were prepared more than most in in our industry for the pandemic and everything that ensued, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're more than prepared because you started years before the pandemic happened. What caused that shift to go from brick and mortar, having an office, having overhead to doing it remotely? Yeah, you know, one day I was just there in the office and and I was talking to my mom about how we were, how our sales process is, you know, usually insurance people were there in front of our computer while we're talking to you, but the client or the prospect is not really seeing anything that's on our computer, (laughs) right? Because we're just looking at quotes and and finding the best uh, solution for their needs. And I just thought, you know, well, now we're not going to visit people. We're still sitting here sometimes waiting for people to come. And they might confirm with our secretary, like, yeah, we're going to be there at eight o'clock at night. And then they don't show up. And we've been there, you know, half an hour waiting for them. So I just thought, you know, it's the same process. And, and now we can do it over the phone because a lot of insurance companies opened up for us to do like e-signature and to make it easier. So that also helped as well, right? When the companies themselves weren't requiring us to really be face-to-face with people. And while it was a bit of a transition for some clients, we try to make things as simple as possible, even if they're not tech savvy, you know, anybody can pick up the phone. So we try to do it as simple as possible. Yeah. That's a different um, channel because now you have to walk them through virtually um, the application process 
right? Um, the documents that they need, how to scan them yeah. and bring them for you. Because I imagine with health insurance, you're probably also dealing with an older demographic. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So for health insurance, we work with both under 65, which is basically the Affordable Care Act or group plans. And then we also do um, Medicare, which is usually people 65 and over or those younger than 65 that maybe have a disability and qualified for Medicare sooner. Right. But definitely dealing with the senior market it has to be something easy for them because it's also a lot of information that we're giving to them. But then, you know, the signature process and all of that has to be also simple for them. So mm -hmm. there's been a lot of advances in technology that has allowed us to do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I bet. And for, I guess, with the um, younger population, how are they finding you? They find us usually through referrals from our own clients who just refer us to Oh, talk to my friend, talk to my cousin, right? That type of way. And of course, being on podcasts and things also help to spread the word. Um, but more than anything, it's referrals from my own clients and also other professionals that don't do uh, what I do, right? But that might have a need for, for my services. Mm -hmm. Now, health insurance, including life insurance? Yeah, so those are two different types of insurance, right? Like health insurance is really to protect your pocket in case of a medical emergency. Mm -hmm. And then life insurance is really for your family, right? So that if something happens to you, your family can continue paying bills and all of that. And, you know, I noticed that you mentioned at the beginning, a lot of your audience might be business owners. So a lot of times life insurance is also used to co help continue a business, right? With business continuation. So like if let's say you're in a partnership with somebody else, 50-50, well, maybe if, if God forbid you pass away or something, you don't want maybe the spouse of that business partner who has no idea about anything that's going on right to then take over the business. So you can use life insurance as a way to buy out that other person's uh, shares, right? So there's a lot of interesting things with life insurance uh, that can be used for business planning. Mm -hmm. Oh, very nice. I, I'm, I haven't thought about the business aspect of it and life insurance using to buy out other founders or other owners. What are the, that's an interesting fact. Thank you for sharing it. What about other benefits to having life insurance that most common yeah. people are not, not aware of? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times people think about life insurance in the traditional sense, meaning that the policy will only pay if somebody passes away, right? Some people call it death insurance. <laughs> and um, there's also been a lot of advances in the way that a lot of companies offer life insurance in that nowadays, a lot of policies offer what we call living benefits. And basically what that is, is that you can use part of that death benefit while you're living. In case of something like a critical illness, such as cancer, heart attack, stroke, or even a chronic illness where you can't do activities of daily living, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're living a lot longer than before. But nowadays, you know, a diagnosis of something such as cancer is not a lot of times can be overcome, right? But people are left financially devastated a lot of times because many people do not realize that if there's, for example, a cancer diagnosis, since that's what we've been talking about. That it's not only the person that's diagnosed, but it's also 
a family issue, right? Because right. maybe the spouse or one of the children need to take time off work. And, you know, those bills, unfortunately, are still there. Your mortgage or your rent is not going to say, oh, you know, I'm so sorry that's going on. Don't worry. You don't have to pay your rent for three months or your electricity or food for the kids, right? So this is a great way that with life insurance, with one policy, you can take care of many things. Uh, like you mentioned, like all those curveballs that might happen, right? And people are just not prepared for it because nobody's expecting anything like that to happen, right? But I think it's up to us to be financially prepared in any scenario. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good point because it doesn't just affect the person diagnosed. It does affect the whole, uh, I call it the whole unit, right? The whole family, um, parents, yeah. kids, because then someone does have to take the time off to, to care for them. But also they are, the stress level that they're under and the uncertainty, yeah. it's, it's really um, devastating. So it's interesting that what you provide is almost some um, relief. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of peace of mind that, you know, for 50, 100, whatever it is a month, right? Because we work with people's budget, they can have something in place that, well, I know if anything happens, whether it's a passing away or a critical illness or a chronic illness, that my family will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so they can take that out and pay the expenses or pay the bills. Um, penalty? What is there a penalty for it? No, no. So you would just be taking part of your life insurance now instead of taking it all of it in the future, right? So mm-hmm. that's one option. The other thing, you know, there's different types of policies. There's term policies, there's whole life, universal. People universal. are like, oh my God, what is all of this, right? So, I mean, a term policy is basically real quickly a policy that will last 20, 30 years. And then after that, you don't have insurance. But it's a affordable way of getting a lot of insurance, right? But that doesn't build any like cash value that we call. And that's really that part of the policy builds kind of like an internal savings, which is different than the living benefits, right? This is just an extra way to access funds within your policy um, that you can use. Some people do it for like to supplement their retirement or, you know, th- things like that. So like I always say, it's best to speak with a professional about your needs because you might hear, you know, other people on TV or in radio saying, oh, buy term and invest the difference. Well, unless you're a stockbroker or a financial planner and you know what you're investing into, that might not be the best solution for you. You know, it it all depends on what your needs are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's term. Tell us a bit more about the whole life in the universal. Yeah. So the way that those work is that they're permanent policies, meaning um, whatever price you get it at today is what you'll continue paying for the rest of your life. Right. Um, Usually those policies last to age 100 or age 120. And the good thing about that is that you are locking in the price now at a younger age than if you wait till you're in your 50s or 60s, for example, you can still get it. It'll just be more costly. Right. And so the good thing about those permanent policies is that you're locking in the price, but also that, again, you're building a a cash value as you put funds into the policy that you can make use of later on in life, uh, usually uh, tax-free because money that you take out of a life insurance policy as it stands today, right? Depending what state you live in and so forth, but usually it is a tax-free 
benefit. So you don't pay taxes on that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. I know my yeah. grandfather had a, a term insurance where he, he overpaid because the 30 years was over. He had it at a young age and he kept paying into it. So they had to pay, um, reimburse, give him money back. And he had to eventually close it because it's no longer useful to him. But now right. at 80, trying to get insurance, it's a monstrous game because now, because he's older, it's costing triple the amount. And it just yes. somehow, if you're not well-educated, it really comes and bites you in the ass or rear end, right? Because they don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, for like seniors, people 50 and over, there are like special plans that maybe don't ask you a lot of medical questions or it's very easy to apply. But usually those policies are only for what we call like final expense, which is to cover burial expenses, unexpected things, right? But the face amount, the death benefit, what your family will receive is very little, anywhere from 10,000 up to 35. But yes, it's not the same thing. Somebody 80 years old buying 35 or $10,000 in coverage than somebody a lot younger, right? Now, if somebody is going to buy a term policy because it's, let's say they need a lot of coverage and it's what's affordable for them, right? Maybe they have a house, so they want to cover the mortgage and maybe they want to cover, you know, um, X amount of years while they're working. Something to really look into is that that policy is convertible, meaning that you can change all of it or part of it to a permanent plan in the future without having to go through all those medical questions and everything again. So those are little details that are important because sometimes people just want to get the most affordable term policy, but they don't realize that the most affordable one sometimes has a lot of limitations built in that like if you're buying it online yourself and one of these, oh, just buy it here online, you know, they're very affordable, but they also have a lot of limitations that they don't tell you, you know? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that because mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you're not tall, you don't read it. You're getting it at a lower price because it's missing all these other features. It's missing all right. these other benefits. I, you know, I can find it. A lot of people would complain that it, the, the whole system is jaded because when you need it the most is when it costs you a tons and tons of money. Like myself as a young entrepreneur, very vibrant, very healthy, you know, I would not, it, I would think twice about getting life insurance, but this is when it will cost me the cheapest, right? Starting right. a young family and not having a family um, yet, it would be cost me the cheapest. But the good thing is it, I'll pay that amount for the rest of my life. But yet the people that do need it, the elderly or pushing 65, they are being um, not punished, but being um, docked for their age. And so then it makes, I understand what you're saying, but it also makes sense. It's not that they're being punished or like penalized for their age. We have to think, think of what insurance is. You're really transferring your risk to the insurance company, right? So in the insurance companies are also taking a higher risk on you because Statistically, right, you're probably going to use that policy sooner than somebody that's 30 or 35, right, who's paid more into the policy than somebody that that's older, right? So it's just really thinking about those things. And it doesn't mean that if somebody's uh, at a higher age that they still can't qualify for for good rates, right? It just depends on their health, uh, usually. Mm. Yeah. How would mm-hmm. you compare that to car insurance 
because I feel the same oh, way. I do not do property and casualty <laughs> because that is for me, that's a disaster. You know, <laughs> I haven't had any car accidents and my my insurance went up the other day and I'm like, but why? Oh, because you live in Miami. I'm like, that's not my fault. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I think uh, like homeowners insurance, that's also a complicated topic. Right. Because like we've had hurricanes here and then like the fence fell down and what they gave us for it was less than what it would cost to put in a new fence, you know? So like, um, although you've been paying in it, you've been paying every month paying, or every year. That, th- those, those are harder policies to sell in my opinion, you know, even though people yeah. say life insurance is really hard. I'm like, well, it's, it's like everything, you know, it's, you have to believe in what you're selling, no matter what it is. You do get a payout um, out of that. Because it's almost like what you put in it is what the value you have that you, the cash value that you will render at the end of the life policy versus the other stuff where, you know, they might pay, not pay you for the value of it or that when you did get it, because again, it depreciates, depreciation gets gets, um, tagged into this equation and it makes it Mm -hmm. a lot harder, but yeah. Your insurance went up because you moved to Miami. You're a bigger risk now. <laughs> exactly. It's it's all these people that drive crazy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you are the daughter of the equation. So you and your mom have been doing this for how long now? Together, we've been doing it this year, uh, 16 years. Wow. And my mom since before I was born. So I'm not going to put any numbers out there, but... A long, long time. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this, you know, the, you live and breathe this stuff. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Tell us about your habits and your success routines, because I'm sure I'm over 16 years, it has to change, especially the habit of like serving online versus on site or in person. But let's talk about like personal habits that have helped you get up, dress up and show up every day. So you can do what you do and actually be productive at it. Definitely. I think that's something key, no matter what industry you're in, right? Because especially with technology, while it's great, you're also constantly bombarded by notifications and people thinking they can call you at any time of the day, right? Like, just because mm-hmm. you have my cell, that doesn't mean call me at 10, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think some habits are definitely having a, a like a morning routine, something where you take time for yourself, and maybe do some type of exercise, even if it's just like 10, 15 minutes, while it sounds like a little bit, it adds up, right? As the days pass by. So definitely getting some exercise in, maybe some reading that helps as well. Something that's not work-related, right? Because if not, you're just not giving yourself any time. Yeah. Yeah. Something with nature, if the weather permits, right? Like here, I'm lucky I can go outside every day. But Mm -hmm. even if not, even if you live somewhere cold, you know, just maybe stepping outside two seconds or something just to get some nature in you is, is good, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, having to be covered movement, right? Moving first thing in the morning because you want to shake the body so that you can actually get more energy throughout the day. Like for me, if I don't get an exercise in, I'm exhausted two hours within my day. Versus if I get an exercise and it goes to eight hours, nine hours, sometimes 12 hours with the same um, rigor. So, yeah, moving the body does help with more energy and also waking you up. But you said something interesting, too, as like reading, feeding the mind to do it, something for you, something not work related, but reading and consuming something because you got to feed your mind to stimulate your mind. And so reading a, a book, either 
related to what you're doing for work, but was something that new that you want to learn, but it should not be work emails. <laughs> no, <laughs> that does not count. And I, I mean, I think the other habits that help me is that I've been trying to be more cognizant of blocking my time as far as like, instead of, I, I'm very reactionary when it comes to like, oh, my client is calling, let me pick up. So I've been trying a lot more to not do that and just block times throughout the day where I return phone calls, right? Because if not, I might be working on a quote or working on something. And if that phone call comes in, I get totally distracted from what I was doing, you know? So just sticking to those times where I say, I'm going to call back at this time, you know, um, has yeah. been very helpful. Time blocking is huge. Um, I remember I read a book called The One Thing, and it talked about time blocking mm -hmm. throughout the day, two, three hours. Because when you switch from one activity to the next, let's say you are doing some, some writing or looking at emails, and then you pick up that phone call, it takes you another 20 minutes to get back to your original task and focus. So that's time that could be lost because it, the people who are jumping from one task to the next – it takes you 20 minutes to 30 minutes to actually get in the zone again. So right. you're wasting quite a bit of time, right? Jumping from one task to the other versus like you do blocking it. Say, I'm going to call from two to four. That's why I'm going to make those phone calls. I'm going to do emails from 10 to 12. And that shows to be very productive. That's honestly how I've been so productive and catapult to the next level is that hyper-focus and time blocking. Yeah. Definitely. And, and it's something for me, it's it's a habit that I've had to also build. Right. Because mm -hmm. I, I slide sometimes, you know, somebody calls and I pick up. But the more you do a, a habit, the easier it'll become, you know, and then also you're training your clients or your staff. Well, this is how I work, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, training your staff mm -hmm. and your team. This is how I work. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think um, it, it goes to everything, right? Like people treat you how you show them to treat you type of, there's a saying like that, right? Yeah. So if I tell you, oh, I'm only available Tuesday from 10 to 12 to do that meeting or to do that thing, I'm not going to go and open another time on Thursday, right? When it works Tuesdays, you know, or like, you know, that Mondays are the days that I do customer service, for example, right? So if you do that and you have like a assistant, whether it be a virtual assistant or something, and you tell them these are the times where you can book these appointments or those types of appointments, then they'll know not to book you, you know, Friday at four o'clock for something that's not um, what you want to be doing at that time. Right. Yeah. Train people to treat you how you want to be treated. That's not the first time that I've heard it. I've heard it before and it, it stood out to me because you really do let people know what is acceptable, what is not, what is tolerable. Right. Even with, with some of my clients, you know, calls were scheduled for an hour. They would go on for three hours. That's not acceptable. No. <laughs> <And> you <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's the same thing. Like, uh, like even on my voicemail, I prefer communicating with people via text. So like I'll put a, Hey, it's a busy time. Send me a text message because sometimes what they think is going to be a 20 minute conversation. I can just reply to them, you know, how to get your ID card, call the number behind your, <laughs> your card. Right. I don't need to be on a phone call for that. Right. So, mm -hmm. because a lot of times people think, Oh, this is an emergency. So let me call her two or three times. And that's to me, that's unacceptable. Like 
if you're going to do that, at least send me a text so that I know why you're calling me three times in a row, you know, but it, it goes back to that, to training even your clients, how you want to work with them. Like, yes, I'll get on a phone call with you, but only if you have an appointment with me, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't have an appointment, here's my link so you can schedule that. And why, why is that important as an entrepreneur? It's important because you waste a lot of time with phone calls, you know, that could have been an email or could have been a text message, you know, and that just gives you more time to, to do other things, right? Whether it's get back to a client or develop new business, right? But if you're spending all your time on, on meaningless phone calls, what's going to happen as an example, right? Um, what's going to happen is that you think, oh, I did so much today. But if you take accounts of what you did that day, you really didn't do much. Just put mm-hmm. out fires, right? Yeah. Or it's the same thing as people that spend all their time on, on webinars. And yes, it's important to be up to date in whatever is going on in your industry. But if you look at your calendar and all it is is full of webinars, you're going to feel busy, but not productive towards things that lead to actual stepping stones and, and more growth in your business. Yeah, the needle movers. Got to learn mm-hmm. to identify what those are and focus on them because there's so many different things that's going to pull your directions, right? Going right. to pull you in different directions. So you got to be able to hone in and kind of focus on the needle movers, the things that are bringing in the sales, that are generating the leads, but also getting your product out there, um, get mm-hmm. brand awareness, all that um, good stuff. So it's, it's really pivotal to manage your time because that's your yes. biggest asset, right? That is your most valuable asset. It's your time. And as an entrepreneur, you're wearing already 10,000 hats. So you really have to train that muscle, build that habit of managing your time, how you spend it. I agree a hundred percent. So Lorena, tell us how can we connect with you? How where can we find you? Yeah. So you can find me all throughout social media. The handle is M-A-L-M-I-N-S 22, or you can reach out to me via email. That's life, L-I-F-E at M-A-L-M-I-N-S dot com. Excellent. Morning enthusiast. This has been Lorena. And, you know, she talks about health insurance, the difference between life insurances and the benefits of them, but also and learning to manage your time, learning to manage your time as an entrepreneur and the, the, the importance of time blocking um, and, and so that you can attack the needle movers. So it's been a pleasure. It's been a joy. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you're listening. And we would love to hear from you. So we want to thank you so much, Lorena, for coming on the show. Thank you for being part of our community. We appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Well, all right, morning enthusiasts. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, We'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.